When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. From Heads of Studios in Dublin, welcome to Motherfucklore, a podcast of words, Irish, Irish words, and words from Ireland. I'm Dark O'Shea. I'm joined in the studio today by Amy Duffy and a very special guest. She has a degree in Celtic civilization. She is from Donegal. She has brought McDade's Smooth Banana, the rival product to, or the alternative product to Football Special from Donegal. She is Roisin McNally. Hello. Fáilte go on the folklore, Roisin. Thank you for having me. You're like my competition of like Celtic studies expert on the internet from a far corner of the country. I wouldn't say expert. I'm kind of like, <laughs> kind of watching you from distance. Like, I want to be like that. I want to <laughs> But um, so thank you for coming down today. Oh, no bother at all. You know, got the John McGinley first thing this morning. Stopped for its 15 minute break in Monaghan. Great sleep. Put the makeup on on the moving bus and ended up here for five hours to figure out what I was going to do. <laughs> <laughs> so it's totally all nice and accessible to get to uh, to Dublin from just hopping the train now. You know what? Just <laughs> train of dreams, you know. I The only way you can get out of Donegal is... Go on either the bus errand or the John McGinley. Mm-hmm. I would always choose John McGinley because they don't sass me as much as bus errand do. And <laughs> if you forget your ticket, they're like, just bring it next time. You'll be fine. Oh, that's adorable. That's great. That's excuse me, a nice attitude to things. Yeah. It's it's a great bus too. It'll stop in Lifford and then it won't stop then until Dublin Airport, which is great. But like if you go up to the bus driver and say, I need to get off in RD, he's like, no bother. And he'll just drive you into RD, drop you off, back on the road. It only takes four hours. And there's a great stop for 15 minutes uh, in Monaghan where you can get yourself a chicken fillet roll, some crisps, you know, some free advertisement. And John McGinley, if you hear me, please, I need discounts. (laughs) (laughs) I love how there could be, there probably is people listening to this who have like very little idea of Irish geography. Mm. So for all they know, it could be like, remember that film Leap Year? Yes. Where she yeah. tried to get like the ferry, was it from Wales and landed in Dingle? Yes, I remember that. And it's a leap year this year. It is a leap is. year this year. So yeah, that's that's um, gonna be that film will definitely be shown again. It needs to be just remembered, yes, that there's a number of I mean, there are lots of films, Hollywood films set in Ireland have certain inaccuracies in them. Certain, oh my God, uh, everything oh yeah. in that was but inaccurate. But Leap Year, Leap Year is, is a special case. That takes the biscuit, in fairness. Yeah. It really does. The, um, yeah, there's, but the, yeah, the, the landing in Dingle part is what I found, yes. But in fairness, I only have mm, less than three weeks to find a husband to propose to. 
Is that a real thing? I've never actually heard of that before. Like, Well, I mean, according to this very hmm. factually accurate film. Apparently, St. Bridget proposed to St. Patrick on the 29th of February back in the, back in the day, in the, in the old days. And ever since then, it's been a tradition because it's a, it's a magic extra day and magic things happen. It's Turlora Lora. I like that. I think they should bring that back or bring back, you know, the Skellig lists where down in Skellig you'd publish a le- you'd publish in the newspapers people who need to get engaged or they've been seeing each other for too long and just publicly name and shame and like force people into engagements. The Skellig lists. Skellig lists, yeah. I've never I heard, of heard of this. This is amazing. Yeah, I, I'm not an expert, but I remember we were taught that part of the tradition, particularly around Easter, is that I know there's 12 days when Lent starts when you're allowed to get married. Yeah. And in these 12 days, you need to get married. And if you're not down in Skellig, they would publish these lists and there would be like these prose and these poems about so-and-so's been chatting X, Y and Z up, but he's not marrying any of them. And, you know, Easter's coming. He better sort himself out soon. It's kind of like the modern day equivalent of like expecting the ring on Facebook at Christmas. Uh, oh, you know, it's like, yeah. oh, they can get engaged at Christmas. They're, hmm, they're not doing it. So oh. that must be it. She opened the box and there's earrings in it. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. That like that physically hurt me. That like <laughs> I'm nowhere near getting engaged. But that that hurt me. That got me on another level. But the scar was it like love actually? Actually, do you remember when? Um, oh, yeah. She, he got him. A, he got her a CD. Yeah. She, the Joni Mitchell CD. And he gave your one the really ugly necklace. Mm, it's a horrible necklace. In fairness, I'd have preferred the Joni Mitchell CD to the necklace but like <laughs> but yeah he was yeah. like what was he at Alan, Alan Rickman always ruined Christmas he's dead mm. Darok but he yeah, but, shut up <laughs> well because I do remember there was a word in, in Deneen that there was a mark put on people's doors when they were being shamed for getting pied for not getting engaged before the end of Lent so used to be that there were Shrove weddings people had to get married in a bit of a hurry mm. and a Shrove being uh, Pancake Tuesday I was just yep. going to say, I'm definitely having pancakes if I ever get married. Mm-hmm. I need pancakes at the ceremony. So back in the old days, but then, I mean, Donegal being on the, on the border, the issue was that people used to be, in the old days, they'd close the cinemas and the dance halls during Lent. But you could cross the border and for a dance or a, a good <laughs> film. Oh, yeah. We weren't allowed to have fun. We're still not really, not with the lack of public transport. I was going to say, did, did Donegal give up having fun for Lent? Well, yeah, we'd sneak over the border. That was kind of the funnest thing you could do. Um, I remember, not really Lent related, but my mother would say that back in the day, the army weren't allowed to go. They weren't allowed to like leave their guns behind, but they'd be patrolling the border. But their friend from over the border would pop down like, let's go to the pub. And I have one story that I don't know if I'm allowed to tell this, but... <laughs> go on. You know what, we'll my, not name names. Well, not name names, but impossible family member of mine... Um, was in the army and I was told that he was a captain. He had to leave somewhere, but he reminded the young man, men, don't be leaving these guns. Don't be going over the border. Yo, just stay here. Don't be shooting at anyone. And they're like, no bother. Perfect. But one of their friends popped over the border. No, Tyrone, Donegal, best friends forever. And they, he says, oh, pop over. The pub's only up the road. And they, all these soldiers thought collectively, okay, we can't leave the guns but we want to go for a pint. But eventually this family member found them all in the pub and he gets in and he's like, what are you doing? They're like, it's a few pints, it's grand. He's like, where are the guns? You don't have the guns on you. And they're like, no, we don't have the guns on you. He's like, you left the feckin' guns in the cars. He's like, we didn't leave them in the cars. You had thrown them in the river. What? Oh, I was going to say this is a bit like when you're getting into like early Irish mythology and the hero's death is always kind of foretold at the beginning. Yeah. 
you know, you must not cross the border and leave your guns behind. And like, you know that by the end of that story, that border is getting crossed and them guns are in the river. This is your theory, Roisin, that I think so your pin tweet is your your three-part theory of Irish yeah. mythology. Uh, this, is this the basic structure? Just, you know, don't do the thing. Do the thing anyway. Disaster ensues. Death, you know, marriage, getting in trouble with your mammy or the army. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but like I find that the formula formula for Irish mythology to me is like the funniest thing in the world because there's like a moral lesson for everything. Mm-hmm. Everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like, don't talk to men, you'll die. <laughs> Talks to man and dies. Yeah. yeah. You'll die and they'll die. Yeah. Uh, eat fish. Don't eat the fish. Eats the fish anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, it gets screwed over for telling the kid not to eat the fish. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't piss off your stepmother. Turns into swans. Oh, well, that's stepmothers for you. <laughs> so, Roisin, this three-part theory about, uh, about stories, don't do the thing, do the thing, does the thing anyway, thing happens. Um, perhaps some of the best examples of this. I mean, there's there's lots, but Deirdre the Sorrows, getting yeah. being born, and then the, is it a druid? It's, it's usually a druid, isn't yeah, it? She, she was born to the daughter of a, she was daughter of a druid. <laughs> never ends well for them does it, it never ends well in fairness I can see some sort of bias going on here maybe like was there something political going on with these old druids these pagans versus these great Christians I don't know beats mm-hmm. me I'm not one to tell <laughs> so daughter of a druid daughter of a druid you know and it depends on really who you're asking the PG version is that she was born and the druids had a prophecy that she would cause the fall of the great men in Ulster but then there's the other version where they hear screaming and it's coming from her mother's womb and that's where they're like, something bad's happening here. And she's told, her father is told that she is going to grow up and cause the death of great men of Ulster and if they better kill the baby. Uh, but King Conquivar Macnessa was like, no, I will wait till she's of marrying age and I will marry her to stop her from doing that. You know, great plan, A+. Plus. So Imagine someone saying that about a baby. <laughs> oh, I'm going to wait for it to get old and then I'm going to, like, you know, marry her and stuff. Going to change her as a person. It's just, you think about, you think about any of your friends who've just had a baby and imagine some lad just walks in, called, you know. Like says, dibs. Yeah, I'm going to marry her. It's like, no. <laughs> like, Derek, in fairness, your son is one now. Yes. If I walked up to you and was like, hey, Derek, going to marry your child. You'd be like, um... Beat it, Dennis Quaid. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Gary Lee. I would like yeah. to report an incident, please. You know? Yeah. I think it's, yeah, it, it's so the, it starts odd, as well as just the womb screaming. It's already, you know, yeah. we already have a certain amount of weird points. Then uh, it's funny when that, like, that your person could actually say to Conor McNessa, you're actually, like, this, this screaming womb isn't the weirdest thing in the room right now. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I should do? I should marry whatever comes out of there. That seems like a great plan. Yeah, like that, like not even like, oh, I'm going to marry that baby. It's going to be like, oh, I'm going to marry that thing that's in the womb screaming. Yeah, so, sounds hmm. great. So Deirdre's born and he keeps her in confinement of sorts. Yeah. There's several versions. There's, the version that I remember learning in school was that he kept her in a tower. And then there's the version where he does what all people in the Irish mythos does. I will send her to live alone with a woman in the woods. Great formula. <laughs> it worked for Fionn, works for her. In fairness, I want to be the woman that lives alone in the woods yeah. when I grow up. There's something very wonderful about the idea that, in, that we have such a lovely tradition of women being left alone and fixing people. Like you have the Skatuk, you have um, Fionn's aunt and her companion and then you have Lauracan Lauracam 
Mm-hmm. And there's these women be left alone, raising these great heroes and these great um, prophecies, well, not prophecies, but like the, raising these great heroes and raising these very important figures in myth. And two two out of three times in those three examples, it works out great. But with Leverkamp, she had one job and she yeah. didn't stick to it. It's funny that this in, in Irish mythology, you have this thing. It's, like the, it's almost this, this recurring theme is if these women are, are you know left unbothered by 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 lads, they can accomplish great things and they get lots of reading done. Yeah. Like, Scathlerk is my favourite because she's like, I'm going to train all the men, all the great warriors in the world. I'm going to give Cúchulain his famous spear. I'm going to train Ferdia. And then you have Fionn's auntie, Bodmel, Bodmel and Leah. And they're like, we're going to train this guy. He's going to be the great hero of Ireland. And then you have Lara Cam and she's like, I make, just have to make sure she doesn't talk to men. Don't let her talk to men. Don't let her. Oh, God. Yeah. So the, so the woman in who in the woods minding Deirdre is... Yeah. Uh, Laura Cam. So Laura she Cam. was... Some versions just that she was just an old woman, others that she was her nanny. And Conquivar just said, you will raise her until she's of marrying age, which, you know, it's a questionable age in the ancient, in ancient mm-hmm. Ireland. It could be anything. I mean, 16 was probably elderly, you know. Yeah, you know, she was past her prime at that point. <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> and then there's one of the things I was... Because uh, then... When she's left at her own, it's one day it's snowing and she sees uh, a deer has been gone over by a wolf or this dead deer bleeding on the, on the snow. And she says that she wants to, the boy she wants to pair, pair up with is, so must have. The boy I want to couple up with <laughs> is Tension. Tension. <laughs> and then, yeah, kind of uh, kind of music, kind of a weird cover version of a well-known song played extra slow in the background. Extra slow. There's an acoustic guitar in there somewhere. <laughs> Everyone's like on the edge of their seats. It's a Friday night, you know. Say you will, say you won't. <laughs> and then, yes, she says she wants to couple up with the boy who has red, lips as red as the blood of a dead animal. <laughs> for hair the colour of the fur of this dead animal and, and skin as white as the snow yeah so. yeah, which is a beautiful image mm-hmm. kind of yeah I think there's a reason that she was kept away from men not just for the prophecy but like she was screaming in the womb and now she's like I like what that dead animal looks like I want yeah. that in a man that, yeah. l- looking at that dead animal gives me feelings <laughs> <laughs> so yeah we had an instant connection I'm guessing yeah, a little bit goth yeah Pretty, pretty metal. Yeah, of course. First goth girlfriend. <laughs> and it's what this is. I, I, this is a kind of a, this description does turn up. I, 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 we were talking about this earlier. It, it, it turns up in, the, in one of the Brothers Grimm stories. But so it does seem that this whole idea is that establishing character, Deirdre, it's, you know, just a little bit metal, a little bit very much a teenager and very much enjoying herself out in the woods, living her best life. But at this point, then. Like, how how does she meet the lads? Well, there's several versions of the story of how she meets the lads. One is the earliest version I remember being told as a wee babog was that they just so happened to wash ashore at the island. You know, mere coincidence. You know, can't escape destiny. She sees this lad and it's like, I like him. His other brothers couldn't go off, but like, I like the, I like this one, Nisha. There are other versions where she convinces Levercam to take her to this man that she has dreamt of in her dreams or... The other is that she begs of him, she begs of her to find somebody who looks like this dead, dead animal. <laughs> dead rotting animal <laughs> in yeah. the snow. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it really depends. Like the whole thing with the myth is that there's no one way of describing how they met. Because you kind of, people are changed. Like it seems more romantic that he just so happens to appear to her. 
after she's never seen a man. But the reality is she's probably like, I like that. Go find one for me. You can't say no. I'm going to be queen. <laughs> Go find a boy for me like yeah. this description. Find me a boyfriend. The version I heard in school was that she overheard them singing as they were hunting over behind the wall. Oh. Which is kind of cute. It's a nicer version. Mm, that yeah. is a bit, yeah. That like Nisha and his brothers were just singing away. Like um, nothing terrible could go wrong. No. <laughs> Little did you know. But then so, and then so we've, uh, and God, yeah, there's a uh, tear to the sorrows. Then how does it, it kind of gets, gets a bit, once she meets the lads, kind of gets a bit, you know, this is the, again where there's a variation between the primary school version of the story and the, yeah. yeah. Like there's one version where they escape off to Scotland, you know, for some reason, Nisha's brothers, Alan, Alan, the sons of Ursa, the brothers, can't remember their names, yeah. but the most popular version I've heard is that they escape off to Scotland and that's where they'll be free. They're out of the domain of Ulster, but they're eventually convinced by Owen, leader of Conquivar's army, to come back. And they think, you know what? What could go wrong? You know, he can't do anything to me. And then there's the other version where they decide to go just to run away. They get captured or they both just, they all decide to go to Conquivar's court to beg for him to please let them be madly in love with each other. And it really, it really depends on how much of a pessimist you feel that day or you want the story to go. Mm-hmm. You want to kind of give them hope they go to Scotland and they think, what mm-hmm. could go wrong? Let's go back. Yeah, I think it's, they, they say that every story is a happy ending if you know when to stop talking. Yeah. <laughs> they went to Scotland. The end. They went to Scotland. Man. But <laughs> You die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself cancelled on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> This episode is sponsored by Forest Nagelga. We're celebrating 20 years of promoting the Irish language. Fihiblinic Foss. Here is just one of the projects they do. Forest Nagelga promotes reading and publishing, primarily through Ungum, Osh, and Clara Nalaur Gaelga. Forest Nagelga provides support for both publishers and writers. You can buy lots of Irish books for every age and genre in shuppagwelga.ie.ie, shuppalaur.com on carupulli.com and on all good bookshops. The Screve Lara Project aims to foster Irish language reading and writing amongst primary school pupils. Almost 8,000 children take part in the project every year. Osh was established in 1980 to distribute Irish language publications at home and abroad. Ungoom have been publishing high quality materials for more than 90 years. Everything from picture books, classroom novels, Shay.she, text.ie, textbooks, non-fiction books, school dictionaries, posters, jigsaws, and online digital resources. Check out ongoom.ie to discover some of the brilliant books on offer. Ferris Nagwalka, celebrating 20 years. Issi Arjanga Haini. It's our language. So why does the story resonate so deeply with you? Do you know what? I just love a I just love a bad girl. She was told don't do the thing and she did it anyway. Mm-hmm. And I think but I as a child I thought that it was so romantic. But as an adult, it just reminds me, stay away from men. Only yeah. <laughs> only terrible things can come from that. Your dad's gonna be mad. You're probably gonna end up dead because of them. Your dad's weird mate is gonna be mad. Yeah, your dad's friends are gonna be like, Oh God, you know, things were going great. You might also cause the downfall of Ulster again. You know, it happens a lot up there. 
I do remember when um, that Yates and Singh both did versions of Deirdre the Sorrows and that they weren't terribly popular at the time in the early days of the Abbey Theatre and whereas Sean O'Casey's plays were extremely popular. I mean, I have a lot of opinions on Yeats anyway. Yeah. I think, I think so we, I, think I it, wouldn't be his biggest fan with his Irish mythology. So, yeah. It's safe to say that his version of Deirdre the Sorrows was probably another sub subtweet about uh, Maud gone not kissing him. <laughs> oh, why won't you marry me? If you won't marry me, I'm going to try your daughter. I'm <laughs> definitely not a pervert. <laughs> Look at how smart I am. Uh, I suppose Kalkavar did something similar. He's like, well, I'll marry your daughter. History repeats mm. itself. Oh, yeah. There's a, I think, yeah, I think that they, because um, when Singh's, in Singh's version, Singh himself was an older playwright at the stage who was in love with a young actress and he probably found himself relating quite hard to Kalkavar in a way maybe that wasn't intended by the original storytellers. Probably not. <laughs> but I think he actually, that was un- that play was unfinished when he died, so it's not quite the, it's not quite the King Lear thing that he wanted to do. But the, um, Sean O'Casey was very popular in the Abbey Theatre while these productions of Dear Joe Sorrows were, were less popular and he, he dug, he stuck a little dig in June on the Peacock at the, his other rival authors at one point, uh, no, yeah, it's the plan of the stars. The captain yeah, complains that his wife is as, as nags him like Deirdre the Sorrows because she's always <laughs> grousing. But um, we wanted to talk there, the women being left alone as a recurring theme in Irish mythology. Who else is is, is left alone and happy? Do you know, I think the Scatag is just having a great time altogether. She just has her lovely island in the Isle of Sky. She gets to yell at men and tell them what they're doing wrong constantly. She's left in happy high regard she has her own island like oh we all want that when you see the Euro Millions ad just want your own island where you Mm. can train great warriors she sounds a bit like Enya at the minute just living it up in like her mansion on her own happy Mm. in her castle with all her cats yeah having a great time just doing her own thing yeah living her best life oh yeah Enya Enya I love the way she always looks like she goes to work on an eagle yeah yeah (laughs) and then there's um, Leah and Bavel. So I think, I believe one of them is meant to be Finn McCool's auntie mm-hmm. and the other is her female companion. You know, make make of that what you will. Oh. Yeah, they never, there's never actual any regard whether or not what's happening there, happening between them is just two women living alone in the woods, raising kids. Sounds pretty gay to me. We have a, yeah, we, we have a lot of LGBTQ plus listeners who will be fascinated to hear more about this and will demand I give them links and references to them find out more where the story so going to have to I'm going to have to ask you for that <laughs> well there's a video that I really enjoy uh, by a YouTube series so what they do is they talk about miscellaneous myths they talk about histories they haven't done Ireland just yet but they do like little anim- animations of Greek myths Irish myths as well they have for Finn McCool and they have for Cucullin the Cucullin video is great she can't pronounce Cucullin but like you get used to that after maybe 30 seconds yeah mm-hmm. but the Finn McCool video has a great little summary of just the two of them training them you have the warrior Leah and you have the Druidus Bovel, Bothel, can never remember what her name is. Bo, we'll call her. <laughs> and just these two women in the woods. There's also, I remember growing up as a child, we had the Le- Irish Legends book. So it was lovely pastel covers of lovely swans and everything on the front. I'm not sure if it's, you can get it in stores anymore. Mm-hmm. But um, if you grew up in the 90s, you definitely would have gotten one of these books for Christmas. Or yeah, about, I definitely mm-hmm. have. Yeah. 
It did have a video as well. It's lost to the ages. But that book, I remember there's a lovely illustration that was in that that I remember that is just the two women training this young boy holding a knife in either hand, the two women making him fight them. And it's never another the Lady Gregory book. I do enjoy the Lady Gregory book. Controversial. Not everyone's very into that. They say it's a bit Gods and Fighting Men. Yeah, Gods and Fighting yeah. Men. Because I was actually just reading about Lady Gregory recently and how she was 35 years younger than her husband and who was the, uh, I think he was the Governor General of, of Ceylon, which is now known as Sri Lanka. Did and, he wait for her to be of marriage age? Uh, I, I believe she was fairly young and while while they were traveling around, because he took her on a, he took her on a wonderful journey through Egypt and India and Sri Lanka and many places and they had a great time. But during this time she had an affair with an English poet. Um, dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. He was always busy with his colonial work. So what happens when you leave a, a woman alone? You know, they just do what they want. <laughs> this is yeah. This is the thing. He he left her on her. He left her on her own for too mm. long, and then she had. Uh, and then she, yes, and then he. But she he died in eighteen ninety two, and she visited the Aran Islands for the first time in eighteen ninety three, and that's when she got really she got very interested in Irish after her um, after her colonialist husband passed away. But uh, she. Liked him a lot. She said that she liked him. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Her husband died and she was like, Island, let's go. <laughs> yeah, I'm a woman on my own now. We need an island. <laughs> Straight to it. And yeah, so it's, uh, but it was, um, again, this is, this is the recurring theme, the uh, the owl lads chasing the young ones and the young ones wanting to be, want, enjoying their own time. But so. <laughs> yeah. Deirdre just serves as a reminder of why you should stay alone. You know, mm. men will die. You will die. No one will be happy. Yeah. Sometimes when people are left on their own, and when young women are left on their own, they start um, recording themselves dancing or doing um, 30 second one person plays. Oh, they do. Yeah. Are you pointing fingers there, Derek, or what's the story? There is an app, which I believe is in Irish, is called Tig Tiach. Tig Tiach. House House. TikTok? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I'm what's, very. Tell us about TikTok. TikTok is what I now do as an unemployed woman in her mid-twenties because I want to be hip with the kids, but like not too hip. So TikTok is, it's kind of like Vine, but you're allowed to kind of insert your own audio. You're able to like cut the clips very easily. And there's like hashtags you can follow as well, making videos. So like hashtag Dolly Parton, Dolly Parton challenge. Mm-hmm. and stuff yes. like that. So people making videos of their dogs, teenagers making private videos for themselves and their friends. And you do have a few people who decide, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to target the niche audience of Irish mythology in a <laughs> funny way that will upset a lot of teenagers that think they know the myths. And they do. I I just, I was reminded, so what I do now is, is I'm sitting alone in my room one day and I was listening to one of those audios that's just like from the Frozen song. Um, Let it go. No, the second most annoying one, Into the Unknown or Unknown. I oh, think. the new Frozen yeah. 2. I haven't seen that yet. So there's a clip mm. in the song. I love that yet. Yet. Like, it's, it's on his list. Yeah. Mm. It's on its way. Winter is coming. <laughs> yes, I, I have two small children, so I've, I've heard the song Let It Go more times than I've been said hello to <laughs> in the past year. But uh, so I was sitting, list, watching these TikTok videos and one of the these audio clips, it's only about eight seconds long where the lyrics are, I can hear you, but I won't. So I thought, oh, that's kind of like what Finn McCool did. He didn't really listen to the druid. He did what he wanted. So I made that video and 
I thought, oh, I can just keep doing this. And I made one of Deirdre of the Sorrows as well. And Cucullin. And they're just eight second videos of me sitting alone in my room with no friends. You know? I know. Yeah. But uh, they're fun to do. But you get, and you're getting a great response. I am, yes. Uh, a lot of people find them very funny. Uh, I people I've had people commenting on it saying that like you keep this up like it's so hard to find funny funny videos like that because the only two options that you have really with Irish myth on TikTok are people just kind of retelling stories people cosplaying and people taking it very very seriously like the sort of etherealism of the Irish mythos and the ancient gods mm. and Steirdre of the Sorrows and All right. Sound like a bunch of pagans to me, but okay. Oh, there's so many of them. Like now and then I'll like a few of them and it'll come up in my recommended page. And not that it upsets me, but it's like, do you ever just, do you ever just meet someone you're like, you need to kind of take a step back and maybe laugh at yourself a little because you're taking yourself too seriously. Yeah. 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 That's, I'd say so. And I think there's a, there is a certain um, overlap between certain aspects of Celtic mythology, mm. the much uh, much uh, loathed phrase, and a certain kind of high high level of self seriousness. Yeah, I was reminded that um, much like how Irish Twitter will come to the defense of Irish, mm. is that uh, Irish myth is there are some of the biggest gatekeepers in that I've ever met. Where people, if you tell the myth slightly different from the version that they've heard, they get so upset, and I get comments like, "You're telling it wrong. Mm. Finn McCool didn't mean to eat the salmon." It jumped on his thumb and, he just, and I was like mm. that joke doesn't work in an eight second video though mm. but people who feel like they have to point out that I'm doing something wrong or this is how it should be told or I should take it a bit more seriously do it yourself then like. yeah yeah that's I, I always think that I mean because there's nobody stopping these people who criticize content makers from making their own content you know it's mm. uh, I mean a huge amount of success is turning up and doing it and you know, and there's a, and you know, it's a, it's a, probably these people find it a lot more rewarding to instead of criticizing to go out, go out and get and do their own shtick. Like if assuming they can, which they mightn't be able to, in which case maybe they need to leave. Now I am adamant that I'm yes. too old for TikTok. No, I definitely am. I am the baby of the podcast. Like the entire Pod family, I think I'm probably the youngest. Um, it's, I think, yeah, we, we, it's between you and Claude. I think there's only a couple, it's a week or two in it. Uh, but I think it's, No, Claude is older than me. <sighs> I know. Yeah, I am. <laughs> I am a child. Um, so. Yeah, so I'm adamant that I'm too old for TikTok. Um, so I, I just refuse. Yeah, I did yeah. too. But then it began. <laughs> yeah, you gave in. Yeah, I, de I definitely yeah. am too old for TikTok because I'll kind of jump between seeing people maybe in their 40s reiterating to me myths and legends of the Celtic worlds and then teenagers talking about their orals, you know? Hmm. And then now, it's just me. From my understanding of TikTok, it was just videos of people dancing. Yeah. But there's like an underworld, shall we say, of people mildly obsessed with mythology. Yeah, I was deep diving into it earlier. Like, because I, I just typed in Irish myth and it's mostly people cosplaying characters. So like people call, there's one one account, I can't remember the name of it and I won't name or shame her, but she just pretends, cosplays as a selkie. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And you found my account, how could you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're so owned. <laughs> Here with me, I was trying to deflect saying I don't use it. We all know your secret's out. <laughs> yeah. 
But there's a girl, she cosplays as a selkie and she just, she doesn't actually, not that she doesn't do her own content, but like most people with TikTok, you're just mouthing along to other words. Mm. And she's just like singing, like mouthing along to some words. She's kind of singing along to some songs. You never actually hear her own voice, but there's songs that kind of relate to her selkie cosplay, which is hashtag Irish mythology, hashtag Scottish mythology, mm-hmm. and like hashtag otherworldly. And <laughs> they kind of, I, it's not that I think they're very cringy. I just think that, you know, you do you, you enjoy yourself. Um, I'm not going to point out that you're, you're not really making up your own content there. You're just kind of putting on some makeup and mouth along some words. And it's very entertaining. Fair play to her. The makeup itself is great. But I forgot where I was going with this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking crap about a girl who dresses up as a selkie and kind of doesn't make her own con. Well, she mouths along to words with the mythos and talks about how she's a selkie and this is what selkies do in her little OC universe. And not that I'm shaming anyone who cosplays. I enjoy a costume now and then. I'm not very good at it. But I just think it's just so interesting when you do Irish mythology. It's mostly cosplays and mostly people telling you about the myths. Celtic woman's a huge influence for these people. For like Cherowalia, Cherowalia, very common. People love to sing along to that and do their little dances and pretend they're at like a fair during the Renaissance period. Hashtag Irish myth. And this is, this is an interesting thing because we, we, given the age dynamic with uh, the age um, profile of TikTok users, that this is a level of, um, this is a version of Irishness that people in their teens and early 20s are extremely comfortable with the idea of the, the Enya-like, um, the... the um, the, the mysterious Celtic woman, this the manic mm. dream pixie Colleen. Yeah, it's it's lovely as well. Like I really like about it is that it kind of highlights how myth kind of has evolved over the years. Mm-hmm. So like you have the likes of people who will quote it word for word from the Annals of Ulster or the Laura Gabale Aaron. And, but then you have people with the oral tradition that have their own versions. And now with the likes of TikTok, it's people with their own versions of it. They're creating their own characters. They're using the musics of Celtic women in Enya to kind of build up their sort of lore in their head. And it's kind of interesting to see, like they're creating their own storylines from things that are thousands of years old. And while you have the one side, the people that do the OC characters, the people like me that just rip the piss out of it. And then on the other side, you have people that are just like, I, you're telling it wrong. That's not how I heard it. That's not how it should be. You need to, you need to fix this video or you need to stop doing this because you're telling people it wrong. And kind of the mysticism of the whole thing. But you're opening up this whole new world of like online content that I didn't even know about. Like my concept of social media is Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I was told the last day that Facebook is for old people. Mm, I'm not loving that now at all. I think that, I mean, it's it does seem that that the people who like it does seem Facebook has has more old people in it than say than than some certain other formats, other social media formats, and it does seem that maybe old people are more active in Facebook as well. Like I think that let's say particularly in re- the residence committee, um, residence association Facebook groups mm-hmm. and things are are just a hopping mm-hmm. all all the time. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh yes. yeah. Mm-hmm. Those things are happening. Whereas actually, I think people's old, the actual old timeline people used to have on Facebook is is largely dead now. Uh, people don't just update their status anymore the way they used to. Whereas, um, unless they have a bit of news, you know, the boy done good and all that. 
Ah, oh, yes. Engage yeah. this Christmas. And, yeah. And yeah. Didn't wait till Easter for that ring. <laughs> would, would be rude not to at the airport. And oh, so on. Yeah. The point to Heineken and the gin and tonic yes. at like 10 o'clock in the morning. Uh, Checked in Terminal 2. Shaming my mother. She does that every time. Really? Oh, like my mother will not go to an airport without taking a photo of her drinking at 11 o'clock in the morning. And she'll like, she'll, I, like I don't use Facebook, so she'll send me a photo on WhatsApp as well. I'm like, look what I'm doing. I was like, that's great. You know, it's 11 o'clock in the morning still and you're still at Irish time. Yeah. <laughs> you woke up two hours ago. But, um, <laughs> you're not even at the airport. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I forgot the point that I was trying to make there now. Uh, yeah, so my kind of concept of social media is just, you know, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. So you do, I, I don't really see that level of kind of content creation, shall we say. Like if I see it maybe on Twitter, it's yourself that's posting, but that would be it. Or I would see, you know, hmm. people reading about it or something, but I would never see, like, I don't think I've ever seen someone dress up as a fictional medieval Irish character. And this is the big thing in that there's, um, it, one of the things about, that was criticised about the shallowness, particularly of Facebook and Twitter was that there was very little effort involved. A person could be, lol, just say the sandwich and we'd be getting these likes and and people would just be replying didn't happen on Twitter and things like that. So the actual effort involved, there was very little effort involved. A person could be tweeting while they were doing something else. Whereas you have to be full, you have to basically plan a TikTok carefully before it happens. It oh, seems. yeah. You have to dedicate time to yeah. it. Like, yeah, like, like probably an, more an, an hour's work for every 10 seconds. Yeah, like one of my, the last one I did on Deirdre of the Sorrows was really stupid, but I love it, is it took me about an hour and I don't understand how. It's an eight second video. But then I see other people like this, this girl who's dressed up as a silky. She spends so long putting her makeup on and she makes maybe 10, 15 videos, takes the makeup off. And then maybe she might cosplay as another character. And you see all these people, they spend so long creating these characters from the myths or a gr- ancient Greek myths, a very popular one as well. People cosplaying as the gods, but people spend so long making these like visual representations and kind of creating their own stories through these characters in these videos that really, they don't last very long, like blink and you miss it. Mm. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of interesting to see that this the visual representation that we don't really have on Twitter or Facebook so much. Like Facebook, you're right, and it's not as personalized in Twitter. You can the best description I've seen for Twitter was it's like talking to yourself, but people are listening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whereas with the TikTok videos, similar to Vine, is that people can make it very personalized. They can make their pr- accounts private. They can make like a lot of inside jokes with their friends, and they can kind of create something new out of something very old or something. Not very, not very popular that you might see online, and it's like so much heart that goes into these videos as well, which is nice. And I think that's the thing people do when when something is is made with a lot of, with, with certain passion and enthusiasm, and particularly when young people, young friends are making something together, that mm. does trickle through. It's it's like that way that um, sometimes be a person you might love a band's uh, debut album that was made in a garage, and there's seventeen more more than the third album they made that was studio produced with a huge budget because it had that energy there. Yeah. And you get you do get that garage band feel with some of the cooler TikToks I find. So um before we um before we wrap up, I we love to ask and you are our last guest for season two. Ooh. We are and very grateful, glad to be able to end on this uh, note where she's looking backwards and forwards, backwards to, myth- to mythology and forwards to TikTok. Uh we'd love to ask all our guests what their favorite Irish word is. Oh fupping. 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 Cade fupping. Puffin. 
Oh, it's, it's like a little baby puffin or a puff, puffin. I believe, I believe it's baby puffin because like Roisin, Fuppin, the iPhone at the end makes it small. Mm-hmm. Um, funny enough, one of my TikTok drafts is me doing one of those animal things, and like the mm-hmm. puffin comes up, and I'm like Fuppin, which I might post now. You know? oh, do do follow me on TikTok, kids. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Fupping. It's a good one. Barrakini, I heard as a child. I think it means toes, but that was, that was one that stuck with me. Mm-hmm. Barrakini. Fupping is good. Yeah. Rosh- I love fupping. Mm. Fupping. It's gorgeous. It's so, it's so cute. cute. You can really see the see the little fupping you know, crawl on, popping along a rock. Roshin, where can people find you? You can find me at Roro underscore the underscore terrible. You know, I thought I wanted to pick something more Irish, but you know what? It's the same as my Instagram handle and it's not not that creative, kids. <laughs> so that's, that's where people get you on Insta or on TikTok. Yeah, my Insta is on private, but my TikTok is not. So follow me for more Irish myths. I have a lot of drafts written up that are just as stupid as my last three. A lot more to come. <laughs> Great stuff. Um, Roshi McNally, Gromila Magath. Oh, so until the next time, um, in a few weeks... Um, thank you for being our guest and say thank you for inviting us into our ear headphones all through season two. Season three will be coming soon. Till then, it's a slant for me. It's a slant for me. Slant for me. Mind yourselves. Hey, Amor, what a great episode. Yes, it was, Derek. And what a fantastic season we've just had. We really have. And I can't wait for season three coming soon on the Headstuff Podcast Network. Uh, please leave us a little rating wherever you do find yours in our absence for just a few weeks. We'll be back as soon as we possibly can. Yes, please do rate and review us on whatever, um, wherever you do get your podcasts, such as Apple Podcasts, perhaps, you know, counterbalance those mean people who gave us only four stars. <laughs> I feel like what I would say here would be bleeped out. I'm yeah, go gonna on. leave that alone. <laughs> so talking about bleeping out, thanks a million to Brian, our producer, mm-hmm. uh, for making me sound somewhat professional for the past two seasons. And thank you to Kirsten Shield for creating our artwork and giving our non-visual medium a wonderful visual service wherever it gets shared. You can contact the show at motherfucklore at headstuff.org. Or you can drop us a message on our Instagram. We are at Motherfucklore. We certainly are. We're not taking a break from Insta. We will be dropping content there. Don't worry. And we will still continue to have new interesting curators on the Motherfucklore Twitter handle every week. You can contact that for the show as well or myself at The Irish Four. So mind yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. Bye bye. This has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Oh, Daruk, my oh. good friend. <laughs> Let's do a fake hug. <laughs> I tell you, fake hugs. Yeah, eh? I love how the episodes always sound like so lovely and like polished when they're yeah. broadcast. But like, this is exactly what goes on in the background. Here's yeah. me scoffing sweets. This, this fair, fair, fair chaos.